Hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. You have reached the Locked On NFL Podcast. It has been a long time since we talked. I took the week off, recharged the batteries, and our founder, David Locke, had a fantastic idea and hand, instead of the show going dormant, handed it over to many of the uh, other folks around the Locked On Network. If you hadn't heard them before, you got a taste of some of the great talent we have there. I thank those guys very much. Go back. I, I listened to every one of the shows. They all had two different hosts on them. Fantastic stuff. But I am back. I am sitting in my dorm room here at St. Vincent College in Latrobe, PA. I had my first uh, The Drive show, my Steeler show that I do from 1 to 3. You can find that on iHeartRadio. And I'm sitting here overlooking Chuck Knoll Field as we, as we speak. But all that stuff pales in comparison because we have – massive news for the Locked On NFL podcast, and we're making a major change, a major upgrade, and Brian Peacock, who you might remember, he and I did that draft bonanza, and he's the host of Locked On 49ers. Brian is now going to be my full-time co-host, and I am very excited about it. You guys might not have noticed, but those that followed me back in my ESPN days when I hosted a podcast with Robert Flores and Ross Tucker. I'm better going back and forth with people as opposed to, hey, belly up to my bar and me just kind of spilling, you know, spilling it for 20 minutes or whatever. So I'm really excited to have some more interaction. And Brian was exactly who I wanted. I loved how the draft went. So take it away, Brian. It is now your show, <laughs> my man. Well, Matt, first of all, I've got to say thanks for allowing me to uh, to jump in on this locked on NFL show and for uh, for you putting your uh, putting my name out there and I, and thank you I appreciate that it means a lot that you enjoyed our week together as did I when we did the the locked on NFL draft special the week long event that was awesome we had record numbers and it was really fun doing that with you and I think we did uh, do pretty well with that tennis match you speak of I love going back and forth as well so uh, I think this is going to be fun with us co hosting this thing for the for the long haul and continuing to have other guests and using the network and our insiders and all of our folks from all the different shows to break down the biggest and latest news. And I also got to say, welcome back from your vacation. I hope you had a nice relaxing recharge and get ready for this 2019 season. Yeah, absolutely. Some great family time. Um, and now I'm all in. I mean, it is officially football season for me and Brian's going to steer the ship. And to me, that's sort of a small weight off my shoulders is he's just going to steer the ship that allows me to sit back and just answer questions, talk about football. We're still going to do a lot of the same things. I think Mike Sando will still keep joining us on Thursdays. We'll still get a lot of um, contributions from around the locked on network. There'll still be Twitter Tuesdays here and there when the season rolls around, we'll be picking games. We'll be reviewing games. So things won't change that much, but um, it's a huge welcome addition to me, and I can also promise you the the, uh, the sound quality might be a little better too because Brian's a lot more <laughs> technically advanced than I am in these departments. So it's all a positive. Yeah, it's going to be good fun, and you you and I both are fantasy guys and draft guys, yeah. so we'll definitely be doing all of that, and you know, we're great all year round. So we'll be taking this thing through the draft and all the way back around to next year. And there is no off season in the NFL, but uh, the the NFL is definitely awake right now. That alarm clock has gone off, and uh, the NFL took a nice big shot of espresso. So we've got some stuff to talk about. So we should probably start dipping into uh, the latest around the league and. Uh, as Matt just spoke of, he's embedded at Steelers training camp today. I guess that's a great place to start because the new look Steelers is one of the more intriguing teams around the league 
to me. And by the way, is this West Coast heat wave killing you guys over there as well? No, not yet. Last week was a little toasty. I mean, it was 85 and humid. I mean, exactly how Coach Tomlin likes it, to be honest. And it was warm down on the field, but not crazy yet. And I'm not looking forward to that. I may hide the air conditioner <laughs> in those days. Yeah, that's a smart move. I've got mine <laughs> cranked. Uh, and I, I think, and you just mentioned you saw Ben Roethlisberger walk by. I guess we'll find out if Ben Roethlisberger is really the, the maker of NFL wide receivers. And uh, I'm interested in who ultimately ends up as that number two wide receiver in Pittsburgh behind Juju. But I, I'm i with the Steelers and how they've done this thing. And I think Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger, I, I've always said, and I talk about it a lot on Locked On 49ers, when you have that combination in that marriage with head coach and quarterback, then you're set. And that's gravy. And we've seen it with the roster turnover in Seattle. And they've got that set. And you know, obviously in and really, the Steelers probably have the it's most. Good any, just about, yeah, right, Except yeah. For Brady and maybe Breeze, and yeah, I mean, yeah, it's you're right. It's very, very valuable, and you don't give that up easily. And that's why they chose Ben over Brown, basically. You know, and I think that's the right move. Yeah, and such a consistent franchise in the Steelers. And if it wasn't for all of the special things that the Patriots are doing, I think the Steelers would probably be that benchmark for consistency around the league. It's, it's amazing how long they've been doing it. And they brought in a young head coach. He's been there for so long now already, and he's not even that old. And Mike Tomlin is Mike Tomlin still the guy I know there's, I mean, there's always going to be some sort of argument amongst fans about quarterbacks and about coaches and regimes. And some people want to get itchy about changes and, and change happens so often and early in the NFL. But uh, what's the vibe around there? Are, are they ready to do this thing again, all over again with Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin and sort of just sort of churn the rest of that roster? Yeah, and folks, first of all, uh, this is our first show together, and I can promise you it's not going to be a locked-on Steelers, yes. locked-on 49ers bonanza. And and some of you do get on my case, hey, he talks too much Steelers. But we are going to start there because I am sitting here looking out the window, and Ben just walked by, and, I mean, that's where I'm at. But we aren't going to talk more Steelers than anything else necessarily. So just a, a word of warning. Um, but I do think a lot of changes need to happen. They were half a game last year from hosting a playoff game. And the sky's falling in Pittsburgh. You know, holy smokes. You know, and they missed a ton of kicks. They turned the ball over too much. They probably threw the ball too much. The defense had some weak spots, especially in the middle of the field. And it's going to be interesting. I keep using the word balance. Are they going to be a little more complementary football? You know, run the ball a little bit more to help that defense stay off the field. Put teams away late. And you see it with Breeze. You see it with Brady that these guys, you know, despite having Hall of Fame careers, they need help, especially late in the season. They need running games. I mean, just last year, the, the Patriots drafted Sony Michelle and an offensive lineman in the first round. You know, I mean, they want to run the ball. Um, they're taking things off Breeze's plate, and I think they're going to have to do that with Ben. And But without the best player on the team. I mean, A.B. was a special, special guy. So I do think he's going to have to reel it in a little bit, little bit, and his accuracy, his decision making, um, the turnovers were big problems, and they have to disappear. So I hope Ben has the hubris, so to speak, to say I got to use my brains more than my brawn, and I got to rely around those amongst around me as opposed to putting being Superman and putting the team on his shoulders. I think the defense will be. You know, a big step forward, and Bush has a lot to do with that. But they're going to have to spread the ball around a lot more. They're going to have to scheme things up a little bit more. You can't just have 
you know, Bell and especially Brown just being the best athletes on the field getting open because Brown bailed out Ben more than the other way around. So we'll see. I mean, including the coaching staff and the whole organization to some degree, you're going to – the old dog is going to have to kind of learn new tricks and find you know, a, a more balanced way of winning. And, yes, like Matt said, this is not going to be an all Steelers and 49ers show. I talk plenty of 49ers on Locked on 49ers, so I'm happy to get out of that mode and talk about the rest of the league here. And uh, speaking of the rest of the league, some big injuries. There's some signings around the league as camps are opening all around. But I think we've got to go to Cincinnati with a big story and A.J. Green's injury for the Bengals right after we take our first break here. Support for Locked on NFL comes from Manscaped, who is the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% at manscaped.com with promo code locked on. I'm going to have to give that a try. (laughs) I could probably use it. (laughs) All right. This is a good time to tell the fellas out there about Blue Chew. Guys, do you remember when You are always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, most guys talk a good game, but if you're one and done, Blue Chew can even help you follow through for round two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. And they're made right in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. BlueChew is the cheaper, better, faster choice. BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On. We thank them. For sponsoring this podcast. Let's go to Adam Schefter, who reports out of Cincinnati that an MRI officially has revealed that Bengals wide receiver A.J. Green has torn ligaments in his left ankle that is likely to sideline him six to eight weeks. Source tells ESPN Green is not expected to be ready for the regular season opener at Seattle and West Coast swing there for uh, for the Bengals. Seattle week one, 49ers week two. It's uh, up in the air if you might make week two, but it looks like the beginning of the season at least is very much in doubt for A.J. Green, who's had a number of injuries throughout his career. And for me, when I read into this and the Bengals anyway, it's like you don't want to discount a team completely two days into training camp, but the Bengals are a team to me that might benefit from hitting rock bottom and not hovering in the middle of the league allowing them to add, say, Atua or Justin Herbert at quarterback in April. Yeah, you might be right, and you don't have to squint too, too hard to see that scenario working out, them being a 4-5 or five win type of team. Um, if I would have been charged, I probably would have pulled the, the trigger on Haskins this year. New coach, new mm-hmm. life. But I also think you look at that team – they're very Rams-like now, you know, and the Rams stretch offensive linemen. I think Green was going to be a better, 
number one receiver, you know, in the woods capacity, but better. Uh, Ross would be a lesser version of Cooks. Uh, they just extended Tyler Boyd, and I think he's their Cooper Cup. Mixon, honestly, to me, is even more talented than Gurley. So even Dalton, mm. who is kind of robotic and needs things spoon-fed to him, that's sort of who Goff is, too. So I saw a lot similarities with the new coaching staff from where they came over but I mean it's all been bad news you know I mean uh, Jonah Williams their first round pick he's out for the year they were counting on him to be you know a 16 game starter and a, a good player for them in a weak position Clint Bowling retired nobody really talks about that so now you have you know yet another injury and and I also look at Dalton and think He's got a lot of golf-like qualities, for better or worse. You know, I mean, he needs a coach in his ear. He needs things spoon-fed to him. He's much better pre-snap and gets worse as the snap goes on. So I thought there was a lot of Rams-Bengals similarities. Not that I expected them to turn it around like the Rams did with McVay from Fisher from McVay, but I thought it was an underrated offense. But they're dropping like flies. The defense was really poor last year. Are they going to ask Dalton to do too much now? We know that's a rough recipe. Uh, it's just bad news after bad news in Cincinnati. And like you said, I mean, you don't have to squint too hard to see this team having a top five type of pick. Now, hold on a second. I got, I got to back uh, back you up just a second. Uh, did, did I hear you correctly? You said you think Joe Mixon is just a purely more talented running back than Todd Gurley? I do. I mean, and that's not even talking about the injured version of Gurley. And that's not a knock on Gurley at all. I mean, they would be both top eight, seven, you know, in the league in terms of just athletic gifts. But I do think Mixon's more physical. I think he changes directions better. I think he's a naturally better receiver. And we know why he dropped in draft day. <laughs> yeah, we do know the story there and, and why he dropped. And he's obviously a very talented guy. But uh, that's – I like that. A little spicy take there. Uh, not a lot of people would be willing to to put anybody up against Todd Gurley as far as pure talent goes. So that's an interesting take. And – uh and yeah, that, that Bengals team, it's like, get that quarterback. You've spun the wheels with Andy Dalton, and Andy Dalton could probably use a change of scenery, you know, like a Nick Foles maybe type of career from here on out where he could help some teams still, especially if they're, as a talented team, could have a, a solid quarterback in, in Andy Dalton. So he might even, you know, if I was Andy Dalton, I might want to be out of there. I don't know. You know, he makes his home in Cincinnati. Now he's been there for a while, but I think it could really uh, help both sides if, if they sort of moved on there and, and figured out a new quarterback in town for the Cincinnati Bengals. I like that Foles comparison you made. Like, for example, if I were Denver, I would trade Flacco for Dalton in a heartbeat, you know, while yes. Drew Locke mm-hmm. comes along. You know what I mean? Right. Especially if you're playing maybe more of a West Coast style scheme. It's just mm-hmm. like you mentioned with the pre-snap and it's not all about him being the biggest, strongest guy on the block. And uh, But he, he can be a good quarterback in the league and he's sort of just been spinning the wheels in Cincinnati. So I, I, I like that. I think we're on the same page there. I There's an interesting report out of Seattle that I want to talk about because they have rookie Wide receiver DK Metcalf running with the ones in two wide receiver sets at Seahawks camp. And it's tough for rookie wide receivers to make their way in the NFL and and earn starting jobs right out of camp in week one in their careers. It looked like DK Metcalf might be on that path. And Matt, I know Metcalf has been sort of a much argued over prospect. Where did you stand on DK coming out? I like this fit a lot. I like that he's running with the ones. Uh, we know Baldwin is gone, and I, I stole this little tidbit from Mike Lombardi, but I very much believe that, as Mike says, that quarterbacks are like baseball stadiums. You know, you you build your offense around what you have at quarterback. <laughs> and Wilson, despite what people think, 
his his size is still a problem. I mean, there's a, there's no stat for the throws you should make that you don't see and you never let him go. And he still has a lot of those. He probably always will. Has a hard time seeing, but he's a great extender, as we know, and he's a great deep passer. So they're not going to be a precise, you know, over the middle timing rhythm passing game. That's why they ran the ball so much and probably too much, to be honest. So Metcalf's faults are he doesn't explode out of his brakes. He doesn't change directions. Well, they just need a big fast guy and there's no one bigger or faster. You know what I mean? That's exactly <laughs> that's what he right. is. Yeah. And even if he is a one dimensional deep threat player, I mean, that's quite a valuable asset. And I, I think of, and I, I can't remember who it was. might have been Daniel Jeremiah. Somebody dropped the comp for DK Metcalf with Will Fuller. And I was thinking, okay, if you have a rich man's version, a bigger version of, say, a Mike Wallace or Will Fuller, that's hugely valuable to an offense, especially one with Russell Wilson at quarterback. And with the loss of Doug Baldwin, there are a ton of Russell Wilson targets to go around. And not all of them are going to go to Tyler Lockett, although you should probably be drafting Tyler Lockett in your fantasy football leagues. So uh, that's an interesting situation. I love the fit for DK Metcalf. And if he's getting run and he's with the first team offense, uh, they're going to make some some big plays. And it might not be a high volume uh, passing game to DK Metcalf, but... Big plays for sure to come if he's out there every down. Yeah, I think that's really well said. And he is a one-trick pony, but it's a good trick, and it's the only yes. trick they need. <laughs> and he's fifty pounds heavier than Fuller, and right. a totally different body type. And he's a good blocker in the run game. You can't forget about that too. I know it's that's down on the list of wide receiver things to do. But if you run the ball a lot, and he knocks a linebacker in the next week and springs one for a big play. That's great. And you kind of mentioned it from the fantasy angle, too. I mean, Lockett's going to lead that team in targets. But Metcalf's going to have some weeks where he's two for 18 yards, and he's going to have some that are four for 140. Right. Yeah, exactly. And when you have the best deep ball thrower in the league, then uh, that's definitely going to help DK Metcalf play up. So um, I, I like that situation for DK Metcalf and the rebuilding while they're – and again, like I mentioned earlier, you've got your head coach – Pete Carroll's still around. Russell Wilson's still your quarterback. You can do some other things with your roster and fix things on the fly and still remain competitive and remain good, as we've seen with them losing a ton of big-name pieces from what used to be that, you know, Legion of Boom defense. So uh, an interesting team there in Seattle that's still not going anywhere. And I'm I'm definitely going to tune into those Seahawks games because uh, DK Metcalf, you know, as a guy who covers the 49ers, I think that might scare me just a little bit if I was Richard Sherman, who's probably running about a 4-7 these days at cornerback. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. He's going to run right past a lot of corners. Staying in Seattle, Bobby Wagner inked a new deal over the weekend. $54 million contract for number 54, the best linebacker in football, locked up in Seattle. So that is one guy that they were able to lock up. So they're not going to lose him, which is really the heart and soul of that defense now. Yeah, I mean, I really think that team is Wagner's on defense. Wilson's on offense and uh, the Legion and Boom and Bennett and Averill and all those guys have come and gone. But the guy who was most underrated during those awesome defenses was Wagner, and he's finally getting his national due. You know, you meant, you said he's the best linebacker in the league, and I, I, to me it's a coin flip between him and Luke Keekley, mm-hmm. who's an all-time great to me, and he's still in his prime. And the Seahawks can say whatever they want. In a way, they are rebuilding. I mean, they're, they're, it's out with the old and it's in with the new. But they have those two constants on each side of the ball, and that's really important to keep them competitive and not blow the whole thing up. 
So all rookie draft picks have signed, made it into camp on time, but uh, not the same situation with all the veterans. There will be some holdouts around the NFL. I want to talk about some of those coming up next. Uh, I do want to remind all of you about Bombas. Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Plus, for every Bombas purchase, they donate a pair to someone in need. Find out more about what feet daydream about at bombas.com. Use locked on today and get 20% off at bombas.com. That's promo code locked on. So the number two pick in the draft, Nick Bosa, uh, 49ers actually had a second rounder wide receiver Debo Samuel, who was one of four players that were not signed on the eve of training camp in San Francisco. Uh, one of four players around the league, two of those 49ers, or I guess I should say Santa Clara, because that's where they are right now more accurately in, in training camp and where Levi Stadium is. Uh, but the number three overall pick, Quinn Williams, he got 75% of his bonus up front, so he could feel good about his rookie deal. And it's it's interesting how these slotted contracts go for rookies. And with Quinn Williams, it was that he was going to lose out potentially on hundreds of thousands of dollars because he was going to get taxed as an Alabama resident instead of a New York resident. So he wanted a lot of that money up front, and he got 75% of it, if, I, if I'm uh, reading this correctly. And so that helps him out. And so they were able to figure that out and – it's really weird how language can play such a big part in these contracts that are supposed to be slotted and completely set. And then Carolina got a deal done for their first rounder in Brian Burns, who has looked like a terror coming off the edge, according to early reports in Panthers camp. So rookies all in camp, veterans, the same cannot be said about those folks all around camp. And so there's a few guys holding out. I want to run these names by you, Matt, and and I want to hear your opinion on which one of these players you think is the biggest deal for for a team that is uh, missing their veteran player. So there's Zeke Elliott, there's Melvin Gordon, Jadavian Clowney, Yannick Ngakwe, Michael Thomas, and Trent Williams. Is Does one of those names stand out above the rest for a player that, that might be hurting their team the most by holding out? True. I mean, that's a star-studded list. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they all would be missed drastically. And... Well, let me Maybe hear it. While you think about it, let me tell you who I pick. And it might yeah, not be the pick that, that stands out to most people who are listening. I would say Trent Williams. Well, that's what I was about to say. I'm shocked. Were you? Okay. Okay. Because I was thinking oh, maybe I thought I was outside the box here thinking, okay, if you're going to throw a rookie quarterback out there, the number one thing you want to have is that blindside pass protector, an all pro player at left tackle like Trent Williams, protecting your young quarterback, doing everything you can to keep him clean and allow him to develop in your offense and not just get destroyed because it's the easiest thing to destroy a young quarterback's confidence is just him getting hit all day, which tends to happen for a lot of bad football teams that draft quarterbacks high in the draft. And Dwayne Haskins is like, okay, you get that benefit of of not having that completely terrible offensive line, and now Trent Williams is holding out. I think that could really set back his development. Absolutely. And to take it a step further... Not only is he unhappy with his contract, but he has some medical issues. I think he had like a growth on his head or something strange like that that was concerning. And he once traded, and I, I I could see why people would want out of that situation. Um, and with Haskins, you know, like I said, quarterbacks are like baseball stadium. He's a heavy-footed Drew Bledsoe pocket passer, and you better protect them. And they don't have weapons. I think that's you know, you look at their offense. That's the least guy I would want to lose. And according to Jason Lockenfora of CBS Sports, he said that their relationship between Washington and Trent Williams is, quote, totally fractured and that Williams does not intend to play for them 
ever again. So that's uh, pretty ominous about Trent Williams and his situation in Washington. And it's a great prediction for you. What if the Browns called about Trent Williams? Uh, <laughs> I love the fit. I mean, the Browns yeah, are like, do. if you have a good player, the Browns are going to be interested. And I right. love, I love that style of management and front office work where it's like, they're not afraid to add good players. And it seems like almost some teams around the league are like, Oh, good player. I don't want that on my team. Yeah. And another team that comes to mind too is Houston. And both those teams do have some cap space, yes. some wiggle room. Uh, I can see him protecting Deshaun Watson's blind, blind side. Actually, I, that's a great call. Houston could use him as well as anybody. And of course, talking about protecting a young quarterback, uh, Deshaun Watson would, would probably benefit from adding someone like Trent Williams as much as any player in the league. Looking at the running backs that are holding out, Melvin Gordon especially, I like I would trade I would trade Melvin Gordon in a heartbeat if I was the Chargers. I, I would not be worried about that holdout in the slightest. Do you feel the same about running back? Maybe I'm maybe I've gone too far on the other end of sort of thinking running backs don't have value for your football team and, and you shouldn't overpay a running back. And I get how good Zeke is and how big of a a part of the Cowboys offense that he is. But man, still to me, the offensive line's more important and your quarterback's more important as good as Zeke is. And then I think when you look at the Chargers, multiply that because I think it was the first time in Gordon's career that he's averaged more than 3.9 yards of carry last year. Yeah, I think that's all really well said. I think Zeke, not only is he a little younger, but I think he's a tier above Gordon just as a player, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, he might be the best back in the league. Nobody thinks that about Gordon. He's a good player. Everybody would love to have him. But a couple thoughts on this that are big topic is I kind of feel for running backs with how the CBA is because almost, you know, you're seeing it with Gordon. You kind of saw it with Lev Bell last year. Like, it's hard to cash out because right when you finally can get a big deal is when the numbers say, don't invest in these guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. it, it's tough because how do I – how do I score big if I'm Melvin Gordon? How do I get that one big deal? So I understand the holdout situation. I don't understand if you're Lev Bell and don't you know turn down game checks when you might only <laughs> play two more years. That makes no sense to me. So I'm with you in that I would be very hesitant to pay running backs. You know, like I don't think the Rams are happy about it right now with Gurley or uh, Atlanta play paid Devontae Freeman heavily. Uh, LaShawn McCoy in Buffalo, you know, like they all may have seen their better days. And really my take on running backs isn't, boy, I wouldn't draft one early. And I do know the pro football focuses of the world will, you know, kill me for that. But man, I mean, I'll take McCaffrey and ride him like crazy. But then paying him after that first, you know, your first contract's up is really, really dicey business. But how else does Melvin Gordon get paid unless he makes a fuss out of it? I mean, they're really in a bind. And I, I feel for the running backs – but that's kind of my take on it is, hey, keep drafting them early, run them into the ground, and move on. Right. And I do think Elliott's more important to his team, although I do think Dak is a very underrated quarterback, than San Diego, than, than the, 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 the Charger situation. Is, is Zeke better? But that's, they run through him more than they run through Gordon, obviously. Right. And, yeah, you do feel for the player because it's not the running back's fault that their positional right. value is so low. And you're right. Get that value of that rookie – contract production and if you're Zeke if you're Melvin Gordon I think losing game checks doesn't make sense but if you subtract that pounding from training camp and preseason and try to get yourself a, a good new contract that makes sense and then you know show up in week one and, and play ball and I think both those guys could probably not take a snap in camp and walk in week one and be just fine 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going agree. Not to mention, I mean, a big workload in the Big Ten, you know, for both of them, just a coincidence. Right. Yep. But your body gets beat up at that position. I mean, it's a train wreck, and they just don't last long, and it's really hard for them to capitalize. But I think the Chargers would still be a major contender without them. Um, I like the guys behind them. My hunch is the Zeke deal has a much better chance to get done than the Gordon deal. This is the new Locked On NFL, Brian Peacock. And the scout, Matt Williamson, thank you so much for joining us on the new permanent lineup. I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm excited to talk ball with Matt every single day, and I hope you guys are excited to tune in. So welcome to all the new listeners and to all the old listeners. I hope you love the new format, and we'll bring it back to you again tomorrow right here on Locked On NFL.